ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ryan, and I'm here with the Passion Fruit Podcast, and I'm here today with Forrest. And Forrest, what is it that you are passionate about? Hi, Ryan. Um, I am passionate about, I guess, the Christian worldview is what I'm passionate about. The Christian worldview. Yes. So that's a, that's a pretty broad topic. No, sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's the view of the entirety of the world, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, is... Okay, so... so what made you decide that that you want to talk about the Christian worldview? What, um, yeah, what is it that's got you passionate about it? That's that's a really good question. Um, I, oh man, so when when you asked me, you know, come and talk to me about something you're passionate about, I'm going through things in my brain, and it's mm-hmm. like I got this, and I got this, and I got this. Like, what what is the thing that is that that gives me drive? That makes me go and do things right um and the christian worldview as a broad subject um is 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 what drives my life right um how i live my life how i act during the day how i do everything it it all derives from that christian worldview and so that's where my passion derives is is from that place okay so um that seems to like to your average everyday sort of person that seems a little a little extreme is that uh to to have like saying that the the christianity and the the view of the world it it, it drives every part of every aspect of your life um is that is that something that you think is is um common is that like pretty normal for christians would you say well i think Oh, that's that's you know that is a really really great question. We're so getting right into it, eh? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the the place that I would start with that is just to say that everybody has a worldview that that runs their life. Mm. Everybody looks at things a certain way, and that 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 propels them to do whatever it is that they do. We act in accordance with our worldview because. It's it's the way that we look at things, and it's it's our perspective on the world. And so, people do not maybe don't quantify it in a way that makes them actually go, "Oh, I do this because I believe this," or "I think this because of this thing that's going on in my life." Right? Okay. Um, I think everybody has a, a worldview, whether you're Christian or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of Christians don't have a, a a fully Christian worldview okay. a lot of times because they haven't thought of it because we learn so much and we grow so much based on what's going on around us, our family, our friends, and we develop certain beliefs and certain um, ideas about the world and what's going on mm-hmm. based on that, right? Okay. So yeah, I think everybody is driven by their worldview it's just that not everybody is able to articulate that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think that actually leads directly and a little bit quicker than I was expecting into the second the second question of what fruit has that brought about. So what how has that changed your life because it you're already talking about like this is the way that I view my life and so this this drives why I do what I do. So maybe let's let's dive into that a little bit more. So what are what are some more like specific things about the Christian worldview that that you've been particularly focused on, or something like that. Oh, okay, um, so you know it's 
I think it's a good place to a good place to start with that is at the beginning of generally how do you know how do I see that I have come to exist in this world because that is the basic part of a worldview. Um, it's kind of the foundational point that a lot of the worldview is built off of, right? So yeah. as a creature created in the image of God, mm-hmm. um, that that drives a lot of how I look at people. So one of the things that you know we see a lot in our world today is divisions over ethnicity, um, what we call racism, right? And that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that comes from a faulty worldview that doesn't see everyone as creatures created in the image of God. Um, if we see us ourselves as evolved, mm. um, as creatures who are not created necessarily, but rather have come to exist based on natural processes mm-hmm. that, that can create a difference. So the way that I treat people and the way that I, the way that I live my life and, and look at the people around me is with a view to who is this as a human being created in the image of God? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it my relationship with them to be as one creature relating to another creature, as one bearer of God's image relating to another bearer of God's image? And so that the, the fruit of that, I think, is a greater respect specifically for humanity okay. um, you know, and, and that would differentiate me from, you know, your typical environmentalist who oftentimes has a greater respect for the environment than humanity necessarily. Right. You see, mm-hmm. uh, you see, I, I see that a lot in this world. And so that's, that's something that, um, you know, that well, would be a particular fruit in that kind of in that vein. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So, um, that's, yeah, very different from a lot of the a lot of um, people that I know, even uh, Christians, people who call themselves Christians. Um, what I guess, kind of, where are you getting this from? What what um, what is making you decide that that this is real, whereas these other ideas, um, with us all being different races and um, all that, all all the stuff that that you would normally hear. Uh, what's what's bringing you to that conclusion as opposed to the quote unquote normal ones? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the the first part of that is everybody has a source for their worldview. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people don't cognitively have that source in like in mind whenever they do something. Mm-hmm. It's just that that source exists, and so you know, one of the things that comes along with that is um, the the source for me is scripture and it is the word of God because I have to base my decisions, my life, something around some source of knowledge. If I was, say, the typical atheist, the source of knowledge is going to be what's in between my ears the the brain that has evolved over millions of years to have particular electrical signals which do particular things and make me think particular ways mm-hmm. um 
And, and that is, you know, that, that is a very atheistic way to think, right? That I have evolved to this point. Whereas for me, I, I say as a creature created in the image of God, I need to know how, how then should I live? Mm. What should I do now that I know I'm a creature created in the image of God? Mm -hmm. So I need a place to go for that. And so the word of God is that place. So that comes through various different ways. Mm. Um, It comes cognitively through, I see the word of God as, okay, historically reliable, historically accurate um, in a very rational way. I look at it and say, this is a book that is internally consistent. It is the same now as it was 2000 years ago when, the last part of it was written, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Now, I also have it spiritually where I say, I know that this is real because there is a certain quality to the word of God that cuts through um, joint and marrow, soul and spirit. And so that is that that is a spiritual aspect of that. So it's not simply rational, it's also a spiritual thing. And then we can we can talk even more ethereally and feelings that I I feel like it is the right thing to do, which yeah, that, that kind of I, I don't put much stock in feelings. Um scripture says that the heart of man is wicked and desperately sick. And so mm. I don't place too much stock in my heart in which direction it leads me. That's yeah, fair enough. I uh I think we've all had a lot of experience with saying like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Don't, don't trust, don't trust that all the time. Right. Okay. Um, before, before, as we were chatting kind of earlier, you were, you mentioned that, um, one, uh, one aspect of, uh, the Christian worldview that you were, uh, kind of focused on recently is, uh, manliness or manhood. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about that and what that what why it is that that's uh, that's been a bit of a focus for you recently. Sure. Um, so I think it's twofold. Um, I would say the first is my role in life. Mm. So I am a husband. I am a father. Mm. Those those roles are at the forefront of my mind because the people that I deal with the most are my wife and my children. Mm. So. That that has me, you know, as a husband on the husband side is how do I, as a man, relate to my wife who is a woman, mm. and and what is that supposed to look like, and what is right and good and godly and biblical manhood, and what is not? Then there's then there's my relationship as father to children. Mm-hmm. How do I act as a good godly father and a man? Mm. And then I'm raising two sons. So then. How do I relate as a older man to younger men? Right mm-hmm. um, now, my my men, my younger men are boys at this point, yeah. but they will become young men at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's that relationship, and then the so that that's that's kind of where my roles sit right now. Yeah, but then also the world we live in has really brought a lot of this up. So okay. what I mean by that is we have seen a a huge growth in feminism Mm -hmm. as a movement over the last 60, 70 years, right? Kind of since world war two ended. Yeah. Um, feminism has taken over and become something very different from 
you know, you can look at first wave feminism before World War II that that was very different than what now feminism is. So mm. feminism in the current iteration of it is saying a lot of things about men and okay. is saying a lot of things about men and women and how they relate to one another and says that patriarchy is mm. bad. That says that manliness is potentially bad, not necessarily, but potentially bad. Yeah. Um, it, it says that you should not act how a typical man acts or, you know, so there's that movement. Then there's also the homosexual and transgender movement, mm. um, which the transgender movement in and of itself is saying that, well, there actually isn't a difference between men and women. Mm. Those are arbitrary and you can flow between them as much as you want, mm. or you can change you know, if you decide you don't want to be a man, you can become a woman. If you don't want to be a woman, you become a man. Or you can be somewhere in the middle. You can be demisexual or wh whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so that the transgender movement says one thing, and then the homosexual movement says that men are to be lusting after one another, right? And so there's a there's a a, a skewing of what masculinity and manhood is to attract it to each other. So those are all things that work together to make me go, okay, manliness is important. Mm -hmm. God cares about manhood and manliness. I have to live as a man in this world mm -hmm. with all of that in my mind. Yeah. I also have to live as a man in my household as a husband and a father. Yeah. Now, what does that look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you have to have a framework. So this is where the Christian worldview comes in because I need a framework to put all of that information in yeah. and then act a certain way, right? Okay. So That's everybody it. is doing that. Mm -hmm. Everybody is taking all the information in and acting a certain way. I just am saying, I really want to examine that and make sure that the way I'm acting follows most closely scripture and not what everything else is that's coming into my brain. That's fair. So what are some of the, what's are some of those, um, those ways that you have been learning are, are the right way, uh, to act? What are, yeah, what, what has that, yeah, what, what, what has come from that? How, how are you acting differently than you might have done even a couple of years ago? How are you acting and thinking about your role as a father and as a husband, um, how is that different than it was even a few years ago? Okay, that that's a that's a good question. So, yeah, has all has all your learning yeah, actually yeah. resulted in Man, anything? Yeah, yeah, that, for sure. So, you know, I can look at myself. You know, I'll compare myself to who I was five years ago. Okay, um, it's a good it's a good point in my brain to okay. make that. So, the Christian culture contributes to this quite a bit. Mm. Christian culture has what has been known as two different sides to this equation. Okay. One is the egalitarian side and one is the complementarian side. That's mm, what it's yeah, often yeah. called. Um, so very early on in my marriage, based on my growth, growing up, who, what I read, read in scripture, mm. I said, well, complementarian is obviously right. So mm. I would just went, yep, that's, that's it. And okay, there's this place called the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. They're saying complementarianism complementarianism is good and so that that's that's good right okay. yeah. and so then it was like okay all those leaders that are associated with that those must be good leaders and they must be mm. saying good things yep. right and so i started to think about these things in a, in a more active way 
Um, then recently, as I've been examining my worldview, as I've been examining scripture and saying, okay, I need to be as much in line with the word of God as possible. Issues like federal headship have come up. Federal headship being something that most people inherently understand, but don't ever verbalize. Mm. And that, that is that there are, there are actually heads of you in different ways. So mm. a great example is we're Canadian. Justin Trudeau is our federal head. Yeah. Um, he represents us mm. before the world. Mm -hmm. He goes to other countries as the prime minister of Canada. Therefore he is our federal head. Yep. When he says something that's Canada saying something is, is the idea. Yeah. Now we might disagree with him and, mm -hmm. and there's all, so many things in that. But when we look at scripture, we are told that Adam is our federal head, that he by his sin fell mm -hmm. and that we as under his headship have fallen. And then in the same way, Jesus is our federal head in that, in the way that he revived uh, as he resurrected from the dead and defeated yeah. death, we also can resurrect and defeat death um, through salvation. So, so federal headship is, is really important in Christian uh, faith and in Christian theology. Mm -hmm. Now in Christian practice as a father and as a husband, I am the federal head of my family. Mm -hmm. I represent my family before God. Um, and, and then it actually goes to the church level in the elders of the church are the federal heads of the church and they represent. That's why scripture says that you do not want to be quick to become an elder because you're responsible for more, yeah. right? You have more responsibility. And so the, as I've learned more about federal headship and what headship looks like and what it's supposed to be, the, the complementarian egalitarian divide often becomes a semantic uh, distinction where it's okay. all about words and often there's still very much a feminization of men in that. So you'll have leaders in that group saying that pacifism is the only right way to do scripture. So if, if a man was to come into my home and rape my wife, that I would not retaliate. Hmm. And, and there have been complementarians who have said that in like a, I'm a submission, I'm a peaceful man because I'm a Christian. Hmm. Whereas I would say scripture actually teaches no, that as a man, you are responsible for the protection of your wife and children. Hmm. And if somebody was to break into my home, I am not going to just stand by and let them, hmm. right? I am going to protect my family. And so there's, there's been a divide even further from this to say, yeah, it's not really egalitarian complementarian, but it actually goes into patriarchal that, that we are, the scripture is a patriarchal book in yeah. that we are under the, the, you know, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. And, and the, the 12 tribes of Israel were all represented by their federal heads, the, the patriarchs of those families. Um, the men were counted, the men were to go to war. And then as we come into the new Testament, our federal head is Christ, right? Mm -hmm. But we as men are to be the federal heads in our homes and in the church. And so manliness then takes on a very different look because it takes on a great responsibility. It also takes on a, a great amount of, um, well, can I say pride even not pride in a bad way, but in a, mm. um, in a, I am, I am a, I am the head of my family 
and I'm not apologizing for being the head of my family. Yeah. I am the head of my wife and I'm not apologizing for that. Whereas so often the complementarian side apologizes okay. for being heads of their family. Okay. That and, makes sense. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the distinction in my brain that has gone from one end to another. Now in practice, I would say that I was practicing a lot of this before. So my practice hasn't changed a ton, but my mind has changed. Okay. So, yeah. And then I, I guess that that would, that would even still help with when more challenges come across in the future, then that gives you a better way, a better framework to actually deal with those problems as they come up. Yeah. And, and one of the big things that it does is it lets me make decisions for my family without apology. Mm -hmm. It allows me to protect my family without apology. I don't need to apologize to you for protecting my wife and children, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't need to apologize to the culture for being a man, right? Um, and, and so that definitely goes into practice a whole bunch. There's a difference between men and women. Yeah. There's a difference between how boys and girls should act. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a difference between boys' toys and girls' toys mm. because boys and girls are different, and that's a good thing. And, and it's good for boys to play war. And it is a good for boys to go out and defeat the enemy. Hmm. Because the story of scripture is kill the dragon, get the girl. That's what Jesus does. Is hmm. He kills the dragon and he gets the girl. And so boys are to act like Christ in that they go out and defeat the enemy hmm. and save the woman. And so that the, the reason that that story works so well is because it's God's story. Okay, a classic trope. Okay, yeah. so uh, just just for the the listeners' sake, who is the dragon in this story? Satan is the ah. dragon in this story. Um, read read Revelation twenty and twenty one um, because that tells you the whole story of the killing the dragon and getting the girl um, and the girl is the bride of Christ, the church. Awesome. Okay. So, um, let's see. We're, oh, we still, it's, we've, it's only been like 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, what was the other thing that you were talking about? It was manhood and, oh, shoot. Well, uh, you know, scripture is what I had said, right. which has come up quite a bit. It's true. Um, you know, can I, if I, if I may, I know this is your show. Um, one of the things that has really been a passion that has come forward from the Christian worldview mm. is talking about it. Um, and, and this is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, it's conversations with believers and non-believers. It's mm. conversations about worldview with people. Um, I have a friend who is kind of a buddhist okay yeah yeah, but not really mm -hmm. and so we have had conversations about worldview and why do you come to kind of a buddhist but not really okay and what does that look like right and so these these discussions have come up because i want to ask people why do you think what you think have you examined those things mm -hmm. um it also you know comes forth in the way that i teach my children right? Is I need to talk through these things every day. Um, and, and we are to talk of these things as Deuteronomy six says, as we 
walk by the way, as we sit down, as we rise, we are always teaching these things to our children. And so, and, and that is particularly the law of God, which is, you know, extrapolate and expand it out to the word of God and, and what God teaches us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so me talking about these things and not because if it's just in my head and I'm not talking about it, it's a, I can mentally assent to anything, but if I don't actually say it, if I don't actually teach it to mm-hmm. anyone else, who cares? Right. Yeah. It's just in my head. Right. So I have to actually verbalize it. I have to talk about it. Okay. So then, uh, kind of going back to that, uh, if you're talking to your somewhat Buddhist friend about like, why is it that you believe what you believe? And you're just that scripture is part of this. So what, what is it about scripture? Why do, why do you believe scripture is something that you should be believing and following? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So yeah, I, I would love to go further into that. So, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Mm. Um, the the rational part of my mind um i tend to be a more rational person rather than emotional person okay um personality types if you go with kind of that i tend to sit on the rational side of that um scripture is is what it is and it, and what it has been for a long time so yeah. so what i mean by that is there are lots of misconceptions and myths that what we have today in our Bibles is not what was written 2,000, mm-hmm. 3,000, 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, if you believe that, you know, the Homer wrote the Iliad, then you have way more reason to believe that those who wrote the Bible wrote it mm. and that what it said then is what it says now. We have so much more evidence of the word of God having transcended all the generations and come to us as it was Mm -hmm. Um, in, you know, textual criticism in looking at manuscripts in, in so many different things and discoveries that are continuously made that prove, yeah, actually this is what was written. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and there's constantly scholars saying, no, 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 it's not this. No, it's not that. And then something comes up and totally blows them away. And they go, well, I, I guess that is. Yeah. Um, to the point where you have scholars like Bart Ehrman who say, well, yeah, I don't believe it, but you, the people that wrote the New Testament believed that Jesus was God mm-hmm. like, and, and taught that he was God. And the New Testament teaches exactly what the Christians are saying that the New Testament teaches. Yeah. And he says, I don't believe it, but you can't deny that it's actually that, that that book was written this way that long ago, right? Okay. So that's, yeah. the, that's the rational side of my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also the, let's call it the Romans 1 side of my mind, okay. which Romans 1 says that we, that all know the truth mm. and yet suppress it in unrighteousness. And so we all know that God exists. Okay. We all have that knowledge, but based on our conscience, based on, the 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 fact that we know what is right and wrong um we have the knowledge of god it is clearly visible in the things that have been made Mm. um and romans one says that men are without excuse Mm. they do not have an excuse to not believe that god exists and that he has spoken and so the the reason that scripture then becomes a tool even to be used Mm -hmm. in discussions on worldview is because 
it is it says that you know that God exists and yet you are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. Okay. So when I have the conversation with the somewhat Buddhist friend, I bring scripture in constantly hmm. because it is the word of God hmm. and he knows that it's the word of God in his heart. He may suppress that truth, but it is it, the word of God. I think I quoted this before. It cut, divides between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. Yeah. It, it is described as a sword mm-hmm. because it is so precise in how it cuts and it can get through defenses, right? Um, so that's the that that would be kind of a greater explanation of why I thought scripture is so important to me. And so then, if that's true, first of all, that it it is what it is. Like yeah. we have what today what was written four thousand years ago, and mm-hmm. if it's true based on God says it's true, and we know in our hearts that it is true because mm-hmm. of the knowledge of God in the world around us, mm-hmm. then as a creature created by this God, it is incumbent upon me to know what he says and to, to understand what he says and to actually study it. Yeah. And so to live my life by it because it's, it's what God gave us. Okay. And so I can't just ignore it. Yeah. That <laughs> seems fair to me. Okay. Awesome. Um, then I guess my next question is, um, well, I guess first, before I go into kind of the final question, um, is there anything, any other things that you wanted to talk about, um, that are part of the Christian worldview or yeah, is there, so talked about manliness, talked about scripture. Is there anything else? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to go somewhere that, I I think is really important that I I find I get a lot of pushback on. Okay. Um so I I've talked already that the Cana- the Canadian, the Christian worldview, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it it pervades everything. Hmm. Every part of how you live. Yeah. Now, w- that that comes Sure, that comes to manliness and how I act in my family. Sure, that comes to the church. Yeah. But it also comes to the political realm. Mm-hmm. And it comes to the culture and how we as Christians talk about politics to politicians as politicians mm. to the culture as part of the culture. Yeah. And, and that is really important to me because so many Christians will say, Oh, that's politics. We don't touch that. Yeah. We don't talk about that. Yeah. And I, I believe that God has created this world mm. and everything in it. And government is a part of that. Um, and the scripture says that that government is appointed by God and, and that we are, and we have to contend with that in some mm. way. Right. So even if we have to contend with that in a, what does that mean? Mm. Um, how, how is the government a deacon, a servant of God, hmm. and and is our government a servant of God? Hmm. And when Scripture says that a government that is appointed by God is there to punish the evildoer and reward the good, hmm. okay, that we can we can make sense of that. Yeah, what happens when the government starts punishing the good doer and rewarding the evil? 
then it's like, okay, hold on. Like that, yeah. this is supposed to be right. So we have, then these questions come. So as Christians, we need to speak into this. We need to actually talk about politics and we need to talk about the way that government is supposed to act in relation to the church, in relation to the family. Those are three forms of government, mm-hmm. church government, family government, political government, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a big part of where, and so as a result of that, that, that fruit has been my podcast that I record with my brother, um, which is about Canadian culture and politics from a Christian worldview. So it, it goes into, okay, let's see, right? Um, we recently talked about marijuana. That's a big deal in yeah. Canada or has been in the past, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it became legal. What do Christians think about that? Mm. How do Christians talk about that? My experiences, they basically don't. Yeah. <laughs> or they say, well, I don't like it, but I don't really have a good reason why I don't like it. Mm. Right. It's just, I have this, you know, it's drugs and drugs are bad. Mm. And so yep. we can't just have a very, that's a very surface level conversation. Yeah. And we have to go deeper because mm. we have to talk about these things and we have to be a prophetic voice in our culture. And I think that's, that comes from my theology that mm. comes from my perspective on the fact that I think Jesus is winning, um, that he's seated on his throne and that he will put every enemy under his feet. And then the last enemy to be defeated will be death. Um, and so I see that since Jesus died and rose again to today, there's a lot more Christianity in this world. There's a lot more worship of Christ in this world. And yeah, we're in North America and it's mm-hmm. not great right now, but overall Jesus is winning. And yeah, for a little while in North America, it might not seem that way, but in the end, Jesus will win. And so we as Christians need to be there, like yeah. telling the culture, Jesus is Lord. He's the King. Hmm. He is King over prime minister, Justin Trudeau. He is, um, Justin Trudeau needs to repent and, and bow down to him. And if he doesn't, then he will bow down to him. Even if it is not in repentance, it will be in submission at, at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's a, um, that's a theological position that comes from my reading of scripture, my understanding of the Christian worldview, all of that put together into, you know, something cohesive, right. Mm-hmm. That goes out into the world. Awesome. Uh, do you want, what's, what's the name of your podcast? If you, if you want to share on, on my podcast, yes. do some cross pollination. I, I like that. Uh, yeah. My podcast is called the Demon show. Um, and it you can find it on Podbean or I think any of the podcast places that there are podcasts. Um, and it is my brother and I, and we talk about, all sorts of different things. Good stuff. Uh, how do you spell Demon? D-E-M-M-A-N. Okay, perfect. Yes. The Demon Show. Awesome. I, Yeah, I, I've listened to every episode thus far, and I've very much enjoyed it. So I would recommend it if any of you are listening and are looking for Canadian politics and and, and Christ, Christianity. Like, that's that's just not... I, I, I've been looking for a podcast about that very topic for a long time. Like, there's... Everyone talks about American politics, but right. no, nobody really talks about Canadian politics. So it's pretty great. And that's, yeah, that's where my brother and I were. Is like, everybody's talking about this, you know, south of us. Yeah. And people talk about Canadian politics, but never from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just two people and we're just, you know, two small town guys and I'm an electrician and he's a pastor, but 
you know, I think that we have something to say because scripture has something to say. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's an awesome and powerful fruit. But, uh, the last question that I want to ask is kind of in, uh, in these conversations, uh, that you're having with other people about, uh, the Christian worldview, but just worldviews in general, what sort of things do you want people to, what, what do you think are some important things for people to know? And maybe some important things for people to think about when it comes to worldview, whether they be Christian or, or not, whether they be part Buddhist. Right. Uh, so the, the big thing is, is who am I and where do I come from? Hmm. Asking that question and, and, really digging into where do I believe that I come from and, and what are the implications of that? Because you, I claim to have knowledge Mm -hmm. because I am a creature made in the image of God, given a mind Mm. that is different from an animal mind. And so as a creature created in the image of God with a mind, I have knowledge. If you are, you, if you used to be a single celled organism that has recently become human, (laughs) what does that mean? Hmm. How do you have knowledge? Knowledge is very subjective at that point. How Hmm. do you know anything? Right. Um, because it's just electrical signals in your brain. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about other worldview systems and what, what that means, right? So you can talk about a Buddhist system that is very naturalistic in a lot of ways and then ask the question, how do you have knowledge, right? So starting with who am I mm-hmm. and what does that mean? Yeah. And then the other big part of this that I think is really important that people understand is how do I do good because we okay. all have a, I, we have an idea of what good is. Yeah. And when we start working our way into that and saying, what is good? Mm-hmm. And we all go, well, murdering somebody for no reasons, bad. Why do I know that? Yeah. Why does that, why is that bad? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and delving into it and saying, is it bad because I feel like it's bad? Because then if somebody felt like it was good, well, then how do I, how do I contradict that? Yeah. Right. If it's societally bad, what if a society says it's good? Is it then good? Right. Mm. And, 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 and I come to a point and say, well, because God says it's wrong Mm. and, and God says it's sinful. And so because God says that's why, and, and then you have to, if you're going to say, well, no, it's just because I feel like it, Mm. then you can't say that it's actually right or wrong. And we all know that murdering somebody for no reason is wrong. So there has to come a point. So that's a a great question to ask because it makes you examine your presuppositions Mm -hmm. and your worldview and say, why do I think this? And do I have any basis for this? And then you know it's wrong. And I would submit to you that you know it's wrong because God has said. And you need to go look for that. Yeah, that's that's a really a really good way of, of thinking about it. Cause that's, that's not a question that I, that I normally ask people uh, about what it actually means to be good, but that's, it's, it's true that everybody knows that there is something that's good and everybody wants to be good. Right. That, that if you ask people, 
uh, if they're a good person or a bad person, most people will say that they're good people. Yeah. And even the people that say that they're bad, they would want to be good people. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a really awesome question. I'll, I'll have to add that to my repertoire. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't have any other questions. Is there any other thoughts that you wanted to share? I, I don't think so. I, you know, I can talk about this stuff for a long time, but, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate being able to, to bring this forward and talk about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and every time that I talk about it and articulate it, it maybe comes out a different way mm-hmm. and makes me go, well, now why did I say that? Mm-hmm. Right. So even this is a way for me to examine my worldview and why am I saying the things that I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, super glad to have you on, Forrest. Thank you so much. And uh, for everyone who's listening, I hope that you tune in next time for the next guest with the next uh, passion fruit topic. Bye-bye. <laughs>